Lord, thank you that you speak through ordinary people. Lord, Lord, thank you that the, uh, the ministry is not chosen, Lord, for the special few. Lord, neither is uh, the way in which you work through your body. Lord, you, you love to use each of us to speak. And so I pray that you would just bless Pete this morning with a, a supernatural confidence to really minister your word to us this morning, that we might hear you speak. In your name we pray. Amen. Yes. Okay. Is the recording on? Great. Well, um, welcome this morning. Um, so the thing I'm going to be talking about this morning is uh, the aroma of Christ. Uh, and so one of the aspects of that I'm going to be looking at is how we can live consistently distinctive. Um, because that is one of the things, is that smells are recognisable. They are distinctive. So what does it mean when we talk about the aroma of Christ, kind of how does that apply to us? How does that apply to the way we live uh, in him? Uh, but to kind of, before I kind of really get into it, I thought I'd just do a little demonstration. Uh, and to do this, I need a volunteer. So would anyone be brave enough to volunteer? And if no one volunteers, I'll pick Tim. Okay, Tim, Tim, it looks like you're up. I'm sorry. Sorry, brother. Okay, and uh, I need to put this blindfold on. Is that a bit short? <laughs> okay, you'll just have to hold it. Okay. Your first object, you, no, smelling only, so I'm going to give you, the, oh, <laughs> there we go, it's a good start, so there's a cup there, so you've got to smell what's in the cup. There's definitely something in it, as you can see. <laughs> it is coffee, well done. Okay, so that's one. So your second object. <laughs> Your second object, also in a cup. Yeah, got that one straight away. Okay, your, your third one. This, this one might be a bit tough, but hopefully you'll get it. Yep, yeah, uh, it is deodorant, uh, cologne. So if I had perfume, I would have used perfume, but... Um, funnily enough, I don't have any of that in the house. Um, is that, it? that is it. There you go, Tim. You can sit down. Well done. <laughs> so, as you can see, uh, Tim successfully identified all three of the smells uh, that were put in front of him. Um, and that is the thing about smells, uh, is that they are distinctive. They're recognisable. Um, and actually, they can also have 
good and bad connotations. So if you're someone that likes garlic, uh, then actually the smell of garlic is a good thing. Uh, if you're someone that doesn't like garlic, then you want to run a mile. Um, it's the same with coffee or kind of anything else. Um, and also, I think smells can evoke memories. They can bring back, um, they can sort of set something off in our mind uh, that sort of bring us back to a place. Um, I know that recently we've been doing those kind of worship evenings at Giggs Hill. Uh, and it's just amazing, really. I mean, so if many, as many of you know, um, sort of we grew up in the church at Giggs Hill. So I was there from about the age of, sort of six or seven uh, to about the age of 18. Um, and I haven't really been back to Giggs Hill much since then. But, you know, you open the door, you walk in, and there's that, just that smell, that aroma um, that just sort of brings something back, that brings back lots of memories. Um, and it's sort of hard to put your finger in, finger uh, to pinpoint why that's the case, but there's just something about um, that smell. It's, it's the same if you have a nice dinner. If, you've, if your favorite dinner is sort of curry or Chinese or whatever, whenever you smell that, it kind of lifts you. It does something um, to your emotions. Um, it's the same as her. Um, I'd probably embarrass her if, if she was here, but my girlfriend Bex um, wears a perfume, and when I smell it, it kind of it pleases me. It's, I, I like it. Um, and so for me, that's a good, that's a good connotation. That's a good memory. Um, and so my question this morning uh, is, how does your life smell? Uh, and I'm not talking about the physical. I'm not talking about kind of, I'm not interested in whether you've had a shower this morning, whether you've kind of put lots of deodorant or perfume on. Uh, what I'm talking about is your, your inward self. How does that smell? What is the, the fragrance of your life? What is the, the, the character that you display? Do you, um, because if you've got good things within you, if you're kind, if you're patient, if you're good, then that, that gives an aroma to the people around you. Whereas if you've got, if you're struggling with things inside, if you've got bitterness, if you've got anger, um, if you're struggling, then that also gives an aroma. Uh, and sometimes it's sort of hard to really identify kind of exactly what, what it is, but there's just something about that smell that is recognizable. Um, and so can others recognize the work of Jesus by the way that you're living? Uh, and so we're going to look at a passage. Uh, it's in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses uh, 14 to 16. So I've got it on the screen, but um, I'll also give you a minute just to, to find that. Okay, so it says, now, now thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphant procession and through us diffuses the knowledge of himself in every place. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and those who are perishing. 
To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving aroma. And who is adequate for such a task as this? So you might kind of read that and you might think that's a kind of strange thing to say. How can we kind of smell like Jesus? How can we give off an aroma? Uh, And just to kind of put this in context, um, the Roman Empire, when they were going out to battle, when they were conquering different places, different areas, uh, when they'd won the battle, when they'd kind of um, had victory over the people, what they would do is they would have a victory procession uh, to go through and basically rub the people's noses in it that the Romans had won. Uh, And part of that was that they would go through in sort of their chariots and that they would burn incense. They would kind of basically have a, a sort of, there would be this sort of recognizable smell uh, to all of those people uh, in the area. Uh, and the thing is, the way that that smell was perceived uh, would be different depending on whether you were kind of a Roman and whether you wanted the Romans to win or whether you uh, were upset that you'd lost Um, and so that's the thing to the victors it was a good fragrance it was a good smell this incense that they were burning in the procession Uh, but if you were a captive if you'd lost the battle then this smell would just be really quite offensive um, because it represented that you were in slavery that you'd lost and that the Romans had taken over Um, and I was sort of trying to think of a, a modern day example of this uh, and I, I suppose probably the closest thing I could think of, um, being someone who likes sport, um, is at the Olympics. You know, you've kind of got all these races, you've got all these kind of competitions. Uh, and the person who wins, they, they, at the end of it, they get to stand on the podium, they get a medal, and they get the national anthem played out. And it's kind of bo- boomed around the stadium so everyone can hear the, the kind of winner's national anthem. Uh, and I suppose I was thinking, well, you know, if, you're, if we've got someone from GB that's just won, we think it's fantastic. We love hearing the national anthem. Whereas if you were the kind of runner in second place, kind of that had always lost to that person, you can imagine this person second to Usain Bolt, um, you know, that national anthem must be kind of really annoying because <laughs> you, you want to win. You want your national anthem to be played. Um, and so I think that's, that's kind of what Paul was getting at when he wrote this, um, was that, that smell, that aroma that the Romans used to, to burn, that incense, uh, was very much perceived differently depending on which side you were on, whether you were sort of pro-Roman or not. Um, so let's kind of just read, read it back through. So thanks be to God who leads us as Christ's triumphal, triumphant procession Um, Because we as Christians, we are on Christ's side. We're on uh, the victory side. We've won the battle. We're in his procession, his victory parade. Um, Imagine, you know, if England ever won the World Cup in football. Um, You might need a lot of faith to believe that. But if it ever happens, you can just imagine the celebrations. Imagine the kind of victory bus going through London, kind of the kind of noise and everyone's celebrating. We'd probably have a national holiday. Um, and that's what it's like as us as Christians. You know, we're in Christ's victory. 
Uh, we're on his side. He's won the battle. We're in his triumphant procession. Uh, and through that, the kind of the, the incense, the aroma of Christ is diffused. You know, we get those kind of diffusers you get in your home. That kind of smell of Christ uh, is diffused in every place. And our lives as Christians are, are a Christ-like fragrance that rises up to God. Um, but the thing is, those people around us might perceive it differently. Um, because those that are being saved, for those that are also Christians, for those, for those that are hungry to know more about God, you know, this, this uh, fragrance of Christ, this aroma of Christ is something that's positive. You know, it, it's a sweet-smelling perfume. Uh, it describes it as in other translations. Um, but those that are perishing, for those that are not interested in God, for those that are opposing God, you know, are, they respond to it a different way. Um, and to them, it's the smell of death and gloom. They can't understand why we believe what we believe. Because as Christians, we will stand out. Um, and we are called to, to stand out. We're called to live like Jesus. Um, and some people will, res will respond positively to that. And other people will respond negatively. Um, that's just the truth of it. Um, but I suppose the point is that kind of either way, whether people like it or not, we're called to live lives that are distinctive. Um, like all those smells in those cups, you know, Tim could identify them straight away. Uh, and as Christians, we're called to live distinctively. Uh, there should be something about our life that is different to those around us. Um, and the thing is about smells uh, is that actually sometimes it's difficult to know where they come from. Um, but I think in the way, if you think physically, the way we smell, um, it reflects where we've been uh, and often what we've eaten. Um, and so I know if often if you've kind of had a meal with lots of garlic in it, um, you will kind of smell of garlic. Um, if you've had a curry, then chances are you'll smell of curry the next day. Um, I do remember Alice, uh, probably last year, um, gave a message about sweating Jesus. Didn't you, Alice? Uh, and that was one thing that stood out for me, was that what's inside, what's your con like, what you put into yourself, uh, you sweat out. Um, and I think the same applies spiritually, that if we've been with Jesus, if, our, if, we're, if we've been reading the word, if we've been praying, if we've been spending time with Jesus, if we've been spending time with other Christians, then we start to smell like Jesus. It kind of, it gets into our being uh, in the same way that if we've kind of been around garlic, then we start to smell of garlic. Um, so a lot of you know my housemate Tony. Uh, he works with dogs. <laughs> and often when he gets home, he will smell of dogs. Um, and kind of all credit to him, uh, he kind of knows that. And so kind of often the first thing he would do would be to kind of take off his kind of uh, stuff and put it in the washing machine and go and have a bath and kind of get himself um, sort of normal again. Um, but that's the truth. Because he's around dogs a lot, 
he smells like dogs sometimes. Uh, and it's the same for us. If we spend time with Jesus, then it kind of gets into us, and that's uh, how we smell. Uh, and the thing is, if, our, if we haven't been spending time with Jesus, if we, if we haven't been um, responding to him, then our lives will stink uh, spiritually. Um, you know, and one thing I just sort of that came to me was that often smells are a byproduct of something that's already happening. You know, it's sort of hard to kind of necessarily put your finger on kind of what that smell is sometimes. And so I'm not talking about, it's obviously garlic, you know exactly where garlic comes from. Um, but I know I had a friend that came to visit me recently and they walked through the door and they said, oh, this house smells like peat. And I was like, oh, thanks. Um, so, but it's that thing of the, your kind of, your, almost the way you smell physically and spiritually is kind of unique. Um, you know, if I tried to smell like Mark, um, I don't know why I'd want to do that, but if I did, <laughs> um, it would be difficult for me to kind of replicate the way that he smells. Um, and I think it's the same for us, that um, really our kind of, our smell is actually part of our identity. Um, and I say, I'm not talking about the physical, I'm talking about our spiritual uh, sort of characteristics, the way our lives are to those around us. Um, and the, that's the truth, is that we, uh, spiritually, we have an aroma uh, to God, um, and we also have an aroma to uh, the people around us. Um, so the first bit of that, that I'm going to look at is uh, the aroma that we have to God. Um, and it was just sort of interesting to look at, if we look at the Bible, um, and again, I'm sure there's sort of a big study you could do about different smells, um, which would be quite uh, different, but I'm not going to go too much into that. Um, but in the Old Testament, uh, the priests were instructed to burn incense before the Lord. Uh, so I'm just going to read a passage from Exodus. Uh, and so this was... Just as the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, uh, he gave them sort of instructions on how they should live, and also he gave them instructions on how they should worship him, how they should have a relationship with God. Um, and so it's in Exodus chapter 30. Uh, so starting, so I'm going to read one bit from verses 7 to 10. Uh, and then jump down to uh, verses 34 to 38. So it says, So every morning when Aaron maintains the lamps, he must burn fragrant incense on the altar. And each, ne and each evening when he lights the lamps, he must again burn incense in the Lord's presence. This must be done from generation to generation. Do not offer any unholy incense on this altar, or any burnt offerings, grain offerings, or liquid offerings. Once a year, Aaron must purify the altar by smearing its horns with blood uh, from the offering made to purify the people from their sin. Uh, and then jumping down uh, to verse 34, uh, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather fragrant spices, 
resin droplets, mollusk shell, and galbinum, and mix these fragrant spices with pure frankincense weighed out in equal amounts. Using the usual techniques of the incense maker, blend the spices together and sprinkle them with salt to produce pure and holy inc incense. Grind some of the mixture into a very fine powder and put it in front of the Ark of the Covenant, where I will meet with you in the tabernacle. You must treat this inc incense as most holy. Never use this formula to make incense for yourselves. It is reserved for the Lord, and you must treat it as holy. And you might sort of think, well, why, why am I sharing about this? Why, this is kind of in the Old Testament. This is kind of what the priests used to do. You know, we, we're in the new, new Covenant. We're in the New Testament. We don't kind of have to uh, burn incense. We don't have to make kind of sin offerings anymore. Um, but I thought it's kind of helpful sometimes to look at the Old Testament and to see what things uh, we can bring out from it that do still apply. Um, and, you know, kind of we're not one of those churches that kind of burns incense um, like uh, some others. Um, but some of the kind of key things uh, from this passage, and it is kind of all about the aroma rising up to God. Uh, and the thing is, the priests were instructed to do it night and day, uh, evening and morning, and from generation to generation. Uh, and this speaks of uh, the prayers of God's people. Um, it represents the worship rising up to God. You know, if you've got, if you imagine that kind of, uh, say if you've got kind of incense in your home, if you're burning a, a Yankee candle, um, then that incense rises up, doesn't it? It, it goes up. Um, and you can just imagine uh, in this temple where they kind of put the incense uh, on, on hot coals, it says, uh, that it kind of created a smoke that sort of a visible, visible representation of those, that worship, those prayers rising up to God. Um, and also it was a representation of God's presence filling the temple. Um, and, and again, we know that God's presence is always with us. Um, but just that kind of that burning of that incense, that aroma was a representation of God filling the temple. Uh, and it says in the New Testament that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that, that, there's that sense that in the, in the way we live now, we should have that presence of God filling our lives, filling our bodies. Um, but actually, also one of the things that comes out of this passage um, is the holiness of God. Um, you know, God gave quite strict instructions about the type of incense that could be used. He even gave the ingredients. He gave the kind of the recipe for making this incense that the priests would use. Um, and it was because he was holy, because he was pure. Um, and I mean, there were sort of reasons for that. Um, I think partly because sometimes he used to worship idols and he used to use kind of other types of incense. So kind of God said, this is this special incense for me uh, that is holy, that kind of you're not going to use this at any other points, even in your own home. Therefore, it's only for worship of me. Um, 
But also there's that, there's that aspect of, you know, God wants our best. You know, um, God wants us um, to worship him with our whole heart. Um, he kind of doesn't want us to come and just kind of give the kind of uh, the sometimes I think when we come to worship, when we come to respond to God, when we come to pray, you know, sometimes it feels like it's just the dregs at the end of the day. Um, or it just kind of feels like just like we haven't really got, we haven't, we're not really giving God much uh, of our best. Um, and the thing is, like, we in, in Christ, we have freedom. We, we don't have to go through rules and routines, and we don't have to go through this um, sort of process of sacrifice anymore. Um, but just because we've got that freedom by grace, um, it's not an excuse for a lack of effort. You know, God wants to be number one in our lives. God wants to be at the center. Uh, and as part of that, uh, he wants us to give our best in worship. Um, I was just sort of reflecting on it. And actually, um, Terry at the house group this weekend, uh, this, uh, this week, we were praying. Um, and he didn't know what I was going to share on. I'd already kind of done, sort of done some uh, preparation. Uh, but he was sharing about the, uh, when Jesus at the, um, when he was, he was with his friends and uh, in the week before uh, his crucifixion um, one of the ladies, I think it was Mary, came in and they, she broke the alabaster oil on his feet. She broke that thing that was so valuable. Uh, it was like a, a jar of precious perfume. Um, I think they think it was worth about a, a year's wages uh, that she came and she just poured it out so when I've got a bit of perfume here in this um, glass or, um, that's not very expensive <laughs> I'll be honest um, but this perfume that she had uh, it was a year's worth of wages um, and it says that she broke it at Jesus' feet and it filled, the fragrance filled up the whole house um, and that was her worship that was her sacrifice to Jesus um, that she didn't really even know what she was doing she didn't necessarily appreciate that Jesus was going to be crucified uh, shortly thereafter uh, but she just came out of just wanting to bless him to wanting to to just honour him to, to give Jesus her best uh, and it says that fragrance filled up the whole temple uh, sorry, the whole house where they were. Um, and that's the same for us. It says elsewhere, the Apostle Paul, uh, it says that he uh, was poured out as an offering. Uh, and so you can read about Paul, you can read about the hardships that he went through to, uh, the lengths he went to to further the gospel, uh, to, to tell others about Jesus. Um, and that's what it says in Romans, is that we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice to him. And this is the type of worship that he accepts. This is the, the type of worship that he's looking for. Um, because he is holy and he's put holiness within us. And he's looking for us to be broken people uh, and willing to break ourselves for others. Uh, and that's our aroma. That's, that's the the worship that rises up to God, like that incense rises up. You know, if we, this room's got smoke alarms, I'm sure if I started setting off some, 
kind of aromas here, the, if I did it enough, the smoke alarms would go off because the, the smoke rises up. Uh, and that's the same for our worship. That's the same for our lives. Um, is that God is looking for us uh, to be a pleasing aroma to him by the way we live. Um, and so that's one aspect of it, our aroma to God and his holiness. Um, and the other aspect is our aroma to other people, uh, to those around us. Um, because really, whether we like it or not, um, the way we live, the things that are in our hearts, do create, people do respond to, to us. Um, so whether, say, whether we uh, feel like we're kind of doing well or whether we're not doing well, you know, our lives give off a smell, uh, sort of spiritually, emotionally, uh, to other people around us. Uh, and the thing is, it's not just about what we do. It's not just about our outward actions, but actually the aroma that other people pick up from us um, is, is about what's going on inside. Uh, it's about the things that are in our hearts, um, which can be a sweet perfume uh, to those around us. Um, so I just wanted to read a passage uh, from Matthew, uh, chapter 15. So it's uh, Matthew, chapter 15, uh, verses 1 to 11. And it says, Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, Why do your disciples disobey our age-old traditions? They ignore the tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. And Jesus replied, And why do your, by your traditions, violate the direct commands of God? For instance, God says, Honour your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully a father or mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I vow to give to God what I would have given to you. And in this way, you say they don't need to honour their parents, and so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own traditions. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called the crowd, and he said, Listen, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you or makes you unclean. You are made unclean by the words that come out of your mouth. And later on it says, Out of the heart the mouth speaks. Uh, and I think that's true about the way that our lives are to other people is that often it's not just about the words we say. It's not just about the way, what we do outwardly. Uh, it's about the attitude uh, that we do it with. It's about that kind of sense uh, that we have from other people. You can just, you, I'm sure you've been in situations yourself where you know, you speak to someone and they might say all the right things. They might be saying all the things that you want to hear, but just somehow deep down, you just know that they don't really mean it 
or they're not quite living up to the things they say. Um, and it's like these cups, you know, these three, uh, probably from where you're sitting, all look exactly the same. Um, but you can see inside, they're kind of, they're very different. Uh, and that's kind of a representation that kind of outwardly we can look all right. You know, outwardly we can look like we're a good Christian, uh, that we're kind of, we go to church, we're kind of on the rotor for this, we're kind of doing and saying the right things that we think people want us to hear. Uh, but inwardly, our lives can smell very different. Our hearts um, can not be right with God. Um, and I think the Lord is looking for people that will be real with him. You know, he's not looking for us to be perfect. He's not looking for us uh, to get everything right all of the time. Um, but what he is looking for are hearts that will respond to him, that will be soft, that will be humble, that will admit that they've got imperfections, um, but actually looking to receive Jesus, to receive his life, to receive the Spirit, uh, to be changed, uh, to be changing that, those kind of inner characteristics of, of our hearts. Um, because that's the truth, that when we're changed inside, the aroma of our lives, what we do outwardly, how other people respond to us, will change. Um, I know that kind of when I became a Christian, there were certain things that changed kind of very quickly. And it was like people almost look up. It's like you kind of walked in, you're wearing a new kind of cologne or deodorant, that people kind of smell you and say, well, what's different about you? Um, because there's something that's changed inwardly that people recognize. Um, and I think one way of kind of describing this uh, that Jesus talked about was uh, this idea of fruit. You know, um, you know as Christians we produce fruit in our lives. Um, and sometimes we can produce good fruit, um, which might be kind of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, which are described uh, in the Bible. Um, but also our lives can bear bad fruit. You know, we can be holding on to bitterness or jealousy or anger or kind of violence in our hearts or lust. Um, and really, you can, tell, you can tell what God's doing inside by the fruit on the outside. Uh, it says here um, in Luke uh, chapter 6, uh, it says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, and nor does a bad tree uh, bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather grapes from, from thorns, and nor do they gra gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So if God is, is producing good things within us, then we will display good fruit 
our, the aroma, the smell of our life will be pleasing. It will be pleasant to others. You know, you think about fresh fruit, how pleasant that smells. Um, but if, if, those, if God's not working in our lives, if, if we're not letting him in, if we're uh, keeping him outside, then the fruit of our life will be bad. Um, or it might go rotten. You know, you might have received Jesus once, um, and think, oh, I'm doing all right. But actually, if that fruit within, if that goes rotten, uh, then that can start to smell bad. Um, even though it was kind of once good, um, it can kind of get rotten over time. Um, and so really, it's coming back to this point about what's inside, what, what's going on inside comes out, um, and people can smell it. Um, I don't know if you, you've ever heard of this phrase called the sniff test, um, which is basically kind of where you open the fridge and you look at the milk and you think, is that a bit dodgy? Uh, and, and so that's what you do. You, you sniff it uh, to kind of see if it's off or not. Um, and I think it's the same with other people around us. Our aroma to other people is, and particularly as Christians, where we might be um, with non-Christians, that they will, they will smell us. And what they're looking for is, does this person pass the sniff test? You know, are they being genuine? Are they being authentic? Um, do they look okay on the outside, but inside they're just no different to anyone else? Um, so do you pass the sniff test? Um, and I think actually a lot of how we can kind of work out how we're doing inside is by our, our speech, by the way we talk. Um, and so I'm not just talking about kind of what you say when you're kind of you're prepared, like I am, but how do you react when someone kind of talks you off the cuff or when you're kind of stressed or when you're um, when you're tired uh, and things aren't going right, you know, what's your gut reaction? How do you react? Um, so I know for me, uh, I've been struggling a bit at work um, where, you know, I've sort of been there a little while, I've kind of been developing, growing in my role and I've, I'm now kind of leading a team. I'm now kind of responsible for other people. Uh, so now I'm not, I haven't just got my own work to do, my own kind of reports to write. Now I've kind of got to look after other people. And, you know, you've kind of got pressures coming in. You've got kind of emails and meetings to go to. And just sometimes I just want to be left alone. I just, <laughs> just want to shut everyone out and just say, oh, don't talk to me about that. Um, and that's the challenge for me. Uh, is that kind of, am I really being distinctive? Am I being like Jesus to, particularly to the guys that are in my team that are kind of looking to me to give them kind of support and leadership? Kind of, how is my life smelling? How, how much am I doing that like Jesus? Or am I just like any other person? Um, because we need to stay fresh. Um, and I think also... Jesus is looking for us to be consistent. Um, so I just wanted to um, just read this passage from James chapter 3. 
Um, so again, I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but I'll just read the kind of bits of it that I think are most relevant. So it says, um, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Uh, and what he's talking about there, he's talking about the tongue. So he's talking about the kind of way we control our tongue, you know, how we, how our, the way we speak um, can often indicate what's going on inside. And so it says that, you know, on the one minute, we can praise God with our tongue. Uh, we can be here on a Sunday morning kind of lifting up our hands saying God's wonderful uh, and then by kind of I don't know Tuesday afternoon kind of all that's kind of faded away uh, and so it says blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth you know, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs no you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. If you have bitter, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth by boasting and lying. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and full of the fruit of good deeds. And I think that's something that God's really been challenging me about, um, is about are we consistently living like Jesus? You know, I sort of feel like sometimes, you know, when life's going well, when things are good, you know, when we've just come back from MLG, you know, you feel like you're kind of on top of the world. You're like, yeah, I, I'm a Christian, I can do this. You know, I'm going to live for Jesus and kind of I'm going to do what he wants me to do. But then... So that kind of fades away after time. Uh, and sometimes we can be inconsistent as Christians. You know, we can be people that kind of want to, perhaps want to do the right thing, but then when the going gets tough, when the pressure comes on, when we're in difficult circumstances, um, we don't consistently live it out. We don't consistently smell like Jesus we don't consistently have that pleasant aroma to other people uh, and that's what James is getting at here um, he again uses this analogy of fruit um, where he's saying that you don't get figs from uh, an, an olive tree doesn't produce olives and a grapevine doesn't produce figs um, it's the same way like if we have an apple tree you can't plant an apple tree and expect to get pears um, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring that fresh water and salt water are different things you can't, as soon as you mix fresh water with salty water it becomes salty water um, and God is looking for us to be distinctive um, so it talks about in Matthew uh, that we are like a light set on a hill uh, for other people to see you know god wants us to be uh, distinctive it says that kind of if we lose our saltiness then kind of what good are we we might as well kind of not be salt at all um and 
you know, what's in our heart, if we've got bitter jealousy or selfish ambition, um, then kind of don't cover it up. You know, get real with God. Get real with Jesus. Um, I was thinking about um, that kind of kid's song that's like a ring a ring of roses. Um, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. Um, and the, the kind of origins of that song came back from the plague, where uh, so when the plague was kind of basically devastating London, people used to walk around with this kind of pocket full of flowers because they thought that if they could smell something pleasant, if they could smell something good, then it would protect them from getting ill. Um, and what they didn't realize was that it kind of wasn't the, the good or the bad smells uh, that were the problem. It was the kind of bacteria that was the problem. It was the kind of way they were kind of living, uh, the bacteria that was kind of being uh, spread around that was the problem. It wasn't the smell. The smell was just a byproduct of the kind of the bad things. Um, and I think it's the same for us, is that sometimes we can just try and cover up what's inside. We can just try and cover up the bad stuff and say, well, if, if I try and kind of do the things outwardly that smell nice, that kind of other people think I should do, then, you know, I'll be all right. Whereas actually God wants to kind of deal with the root issue uh, of the problem. He wants to deal with the bacteria. He wants to deal with the sin uh, that's lurking in our hearts. He wants to deal with the root cause of that inconsistency in our life, that selfish ambition, that jealousy, uh, that kind of lying, boasting. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, but kind of God gives us the power by his spirit uh, to change our, our hearts. You know, it says that in Christ we are a new creation, you know, he takes out the old heart. He takes out the bad stuff. He takes out the things within us that don't smell good. Uh, and he puts himself in there. Uh, and he, he gives us his spirit, which is distinctive. Uh, and I say, not everyone might like you as a Christian. Um, but God does. God sees it as a pleasing aroma when we let him in, when we worship him when we when our lives are an offering uh, that rises up to God he's pleased with it uh, and it is a pleasing aroma to other people that are, are genuinely seeking God um, and that's the, that's the truth is that if we're full of the spirit um, then the product of our actions will smell like Jesus consistently um, so how does your life smell this morning? Uh, you know, what would your spouse or your other family members say about you? You know, would they say that you are a good person to live with? Do you, are you someone that is attractive uh, spiritually, emotionally? Um, or are you someone that they would rather be in the other room? <laughs> um, you know, is your life distinctive from those around you? You know, how much difference does Christ really make in your life? Or is your life really no different to your neighbor um, or your colleagues at work? 
Um, you know, do you consistently re- release that fragrance of Jesus, um, even when you're tired, even when you're stressed, even when you're under pressure? Um, you know, like we were saying at the beginning, where we're in that kind of victory procession, um, do you release that fragrance of Christ at all times? Um, or is it just sometimes? Um, and I think the root core, the root thing, the root thing, that if you're going to respond to, to one thing today, um, is that will you let God work inside? You know, kind of we can do all the right things outwardly, but God is looking to change us inside, um, even if it means kind of letting go of ourselves, even if it means letting go of our own interests. Um, because God wants us to be a sweet aroma to others. God wants us to be pleasing. Um, he wants other people to recognize Jesus in, a, in us and be distinctive uh, and for it to be a pleasing thing. Not, I say, you know, when, you, when you've walked into a room uh, and it smells nice, there is just something about it that just lifts you, uh, that lifts your spirit, that is, is pleasant and enjoyable. Uh, and I think God wants us to be like that as Christians, for our lives to smell good, to smell like him, to display those characteristics of love, of peace, of joy, um, because it is a witness to others. Um, so I'm just going to pray to close, um, and um, then I'll just sort of hand back to Tim. Um, so dear Lord Jesus, we do, Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you. Uh, for our time of worship, Lord, thank you that we were able to lift up your name, to, to worship you, to give our, our hearts to you this morning. Lord, and I pray that we would be people that give you our best, uh, that don't just sort of cobble together something, uh, but really are kind of looking uh, to lift up a pleasing aroma to you. Uh, and I pray that you would change us inside. Pray that you would... Um, be looking to produce that consistent fruit uh, that is a sweet fragrance to other people. Lord, pray that we would stay fresh with you, uh, that we wouldn't kind of just have fruit once um, and think that's enough, but to, be go, to go on being filled, to be go on uh, producing that good fruit that doesn't go rotten uh, and that we, you would kind of deal with any kind of hardness that's in our heart or any kind of root of bitterness or kind of envy uh, that we need to deal with, that you would be at work in our lives and that we would uh, just let you produce that aroma of Christ uh, that is pleasing to you and that is pleasing to others. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Amen.